You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN. Matt is here with me. We're going to recap the Monday Night Football game between the was it Buccaneers and Cardinals? Am I now misremembering Patriots that? Patriots and Cardinals. Patriots, Cardinals. I knew that. I don't know why I have the Buccaneers on the It wasn't mind. a great game. We've tried to block it out. I really have. And then we will obviously preview the 49ers Seahawks tomorrow night, which could actually be a very good game and a lot on the, on, uh, on the line for both of these teams. Matt, let's, let's just jump right into it. A Monday night game here that really... I think mattered more because of the injuries than necessarily the scoreline of the Patriots winning 27 to 13. Let's start with the Patriots since they won the game. Ramondre Stevenson comes up injured in this one. If he misses time, what do you think happens to the Patriots back? Well, the good news for them is it looks like Damian Harris is tracking to potentially return, which would be the better of the Harris options. I, I remember for a minute there on Monday night, I was, I was making food, you know, and listening to the game and watching it. And they said Harris on the carry. And I'm like, wait, I thought Damian Harris was out. I just pulled him out of all my lineups. Oh, nope. That was Kevin Harris. Kevin Harris, yeah. He was, uh, he was okay. You know, Pierre Strong had a really big run, the 44 yard run, um, which kind of boosts his numbers. He had about 70 yards on five carries, had a couple of receptions. The Patriots offense is not incredibly exciting in any way, but they've managed to try to find ways to make things work. I think it will help them if Damian Harris is back. I would expect him to carry the load, maybe mix in 
Pierre Strong for some receiving and stuff. What's going to be fascinating is Patriots, it's kind of a, they're still in a big spot. That win on Monday night vaulted them back into the number seven seed, but, you know, Jets are there, Chargers are there, still a lot of competition. They are actually going to Las Vegas to play McDaniels and the Raiders. Strong defensive challenge, but also we know the Raiders, you know, at times have put up points. If the Patriots can't contain them, it's going to be interesting to watch that chess match between Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. I think they will be better off if Damian Harris is able to go for them. But losing Ramondre Stevenson is a huge blow because he was not only carrying their rushing game, he was really serving as their passing game back. He was often leading that team in receptions, and that's a lot to try to replace with spare parts. Yeah, I... I do hope it's Damian Harris that does get the main part of the run. We talked a little bit about him. I want to say two weeks ago now, maybe where like we both, he was, he looked really good to start the season, then gets the injury and Ramondre just blows up and, and great for him. Damian Harris likely going to be a free, or I know he's going to be a free agent. I don't think the Patriots bring him back. So I'd love to see him get some run here at the end of the season, allow Ramondre to get healthy and kind of see if he can rebound some of that stock and, and possibly get a shot to at least do something uh, next year. Cause I do think he's a really good running back. He's kind of dealt with a lot of injury issues over the past uh, couple seasons. So we'll see what happens from there. Yeah. The Patriots in the playoff hunt is interesting. I was just going to look at the, the odds of that game. It's even, dead even for the Patriots and the Raiders on Sunday. Uh, three, three, well, three o'clock my time kickoff. So it's because then, the Raiders choke away games that they yeah. should. I mean, I would think I get, I get why it's even. Like, I think I'd give the edge to Bill Belichick, though. I, I think he would be able to kind of stop or slow down McDaniel's well, and that offense. Former assistants haven't had a good track record going against him. Yeah, so if, if they were able to pull that off, I was trying to get their schedule to come up. Is they're technically in they're, they're in the seventh spot right now, tied with, as you mentioned, the Titans and the Chargers. They get the Bengals, Patriots, Bills. That's a tough road, though, to finish out the season. Like, I think they have to get this win against the Raiders, and they probably have to get at least one, if not probably two, of those next three. And I don't know how easy that's going to be. Bengals have really kind of come into form here the past couple weeks, and obviously the Dolphins are a really good team. Defense is kind of struggling, but that offense is good. And then the Bills. I mean, that's the thing. All three, uh, really all four of the teams they have yeah. left on their schedule are fighting for playoffs. You know, I would, I believe the loss last week pretty well sealed the Raiders' fate, but they're not technically out of it. They, If they keep winning, there's an outside chance. But the Bengals are in a dogfight because the Bengals and the Ravens are tied, and one of them wins the division. The other one needs to get a wild card. The Dolphins suddenly find themselves coming way back to the pack, too. You have the Jets hanging out there. And meanwhile, the Chargers, to me, now actually have – one of the most favorable paths to the playoffs because after they beat the Dolphins, they get a reeling Tennessee team, and then they close with Rams, Broncos, and somebody else that I uh, thought that the Colt it's Colts, Rams, yeah, Colts, Rams, order, Broncos. So, yeah. So I think there's a real good shot. They run the table and they're in. And so it's gonna be this combination of Patriots, Jets, Bengals, Ravens, and Dolphins who are yeah. probably competing for two spots. Yeah, I mean, the, the Charger, the big one, you know, not to get too off on a tangent here, but Chargers-Titans is a massive game this weekend because right now the mm -hmm. Titans are in that sixth spot, but they are tied with the Chargers and the Patriots. So if the Chargers can get that win, 
Now the Titans have the AFC uh, South. They're the division leaders. Oh, that's right. I was looking at it in order of the of the standing. Yeah. So, so yeah, they're, but they're they have their own. Like it, you know, not to jump too far ahead, but I think yeah. there's a real good chance the Chargers win that game. Jacksonville's sort of hanging out there. They have a fairly brutal closing schedule, but it's yeah. not out of the realm of possibility that they work themselves back. There, we've seen the last three weeks why the Titans moved on from John Robinson. Yeah. All right, on to the Cardinals side of things where they've, you know, their season has not gone, I believe, probably the way that front office expected. Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, they 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 ran it back, as the kids say, and it is not working out uh, well for them. And unfortunately, now Kyler Murray suffers a torn ACL, which not only obviously ends his season this year, but I would think yeah. puts most of next season in doubt as well. I mean, even if he's able to come back, nine or 10 months, you're still looking at the beginning part of the season. Then he's got to get back into football shape. I think there's a realistic shot for fantasy wise. You're not going to have Kyler Murray for most of next season either. But I don't know what they talk about it as a 12 month injury. So if yeah. you're talking about 12 months, it's mid December. What, what does this do for you on uh, for Kyler? And then what does this do for the Cardinals at the quarterback position now moving forward? Yeah, I think it opens up a lot of questions. You're right, not just this year, but into next year. We really just – it's been missed opportunities. We haven't seen this Cardinals offense all together because of various injuries and things now really to see what it was going to be like if they could roll out Marquise Brown. You know, Rondell Moore went on IR with Kyler Murray ending his season. DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz on IR – you know, you'd say it puts a little more pressure on the running game. Connor's done fairly well of late since he's gotten healthy, uh, but they're four and nine. They're one and seven at home, which is dreadful. Um, my only question is: we thought Kingsbury was really on the hot seat. Does this injury situation give him a little bit of an out? That's going to be a question, but also lingers into next year. What does this team do? Because you're right, typically. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, I listened to Bill Polian when he was talking about OBJ. In his opinion, ACL is a 12-month injury. It takes you about 12 months to be fully back. That's why he thinks OBJ hasn't signed anywhere because he probably isn't well enough to get on the field because he tore it in mid-February in the Super Bowl, and we're still in December. We've seen guys, you know, Chris Godwin tore his ACL in December, and it took him a while to kind of work back, and I think he's still working back into shape. That gets magnified even more for a rushing quarterback like Kyler Murray or a guy who his feet and his legs are the difference. Do they have to go out and get someone this offseason? I think you have to, to head yourself. Running out Colt McCoy for 11 games feels a lot like what happened to the Browns this season where you have a placeholder guy, but you're probably not putting yourselves into competing. So now if you're the Cardinals, are you looking at this season being a massive blow and then potentially setting yourself up for a real disappointing 2023? And then have you missed your window? You know, you have guys like Watt and Hopkins and Ertz, guys who are, are not getting any younger Connor, you know, yeah. Arizona's probably teetering on the brink of having to make some very serious long-term decisions. I wonder if if they just move on from Kingsbury at this point. Like, I, I know it's 
you can't blame him for the injury to Kyler. You can definitely blame him for the way the season went. But I feel like if they've had any reservations about him, now would be the time to just move on. You can just say, hey, clean slate. We're starting over. We know next year is going to be a rebuild. We're going to bring a new coaching staff, new everything, and just kind of move forward. And I would not be surprised if that's what they end up doing. I, I think – we all kind of questioned why they would bring back Kingsbury. It definitely seemed like a lot of that was because it seemed like him and Kyler were kind of tied at the hip for the most part. Like Kyler was definitely, you know, out on social media talking about, hey, bring back Kingsbury. That's my guy and all that other stuff. And I think they wanted to keep him there and keep him happy. But at some point, I think you've got to just move on. Like it's just, it's not working. And there's no argument for to say it is working at all. Because even when they've been successful at the beginning part of the seasons, they completely fall off. Like they made one playoff appearance in the past, what, five years that he's been the head coach? Yeah, last year. And they really faded at the end and they had an abysmal showing in the playoffs where they got essentially trucked. And I think if you were also looking at, is it time to make a move? The relationship between Kingsbury and Kyler Murray has definitely seemed to be fractured this season. I mean, we've seen them have some real bad energy. Yeah. Like I said, it w- I would not be surprised if that is um, a move taken by the Cardinals heading into next year. Speaking of moves that have been made, the Buffalo bills bring back one Cole Beasley um, was uh, signed earlier this year, was on the practice squad. Now he is back to help out Josh Allen I don't know that this really moves the needle for me at all. I don't I don't know that this helps Josh Allen. I think it's more his elbow than anything else that's bothering him, and I don't know that I'm rushing to the wave wire to pick up Cole Beasley. What are your thoughts about him coming back to Buffalo? Yeah, I don't know that I'm running out to pick up Cole Beasley right now, but I think we have seen there's been some inconsistency uh, among the other receiving weapons. You have Stephon Diggs, who's still one of the top targets in the NFL, but they've really – you know, we've seen some big splash plays from Gabe Davis. We all like his talent, but it just hasn't consistently worked. Isaiah McKenzie has also made some splash plays, but we've seen some kind of heinous drops and plays there. They had hoped to have the veteran Jamison Crowder, but due to injuries, he really just hasn't been available this year. So I think they're looking at depth and experience, somebody who can slide right back into this offense, somebody who was a great security blanket for Josh Allen in the past. And I, you know, essentially it was interesting at the end of last week's, I don't know if you saw the post-game press conference after the Dolphins managed to come up with a pretty sturdy win against a very good Jets defense. The first question or second question Josh Allen got from a reporter was basically, this doesn't look like a Super Bowl caliber offense. And what is he supposed to say? So if you're Buffalo and you feel like this is really kind of your window and you want to push in, you want your tracking to be a number one seed, you want to get there, I think you're just trying to give the best opportunity possible because there aren't the Eagles look like a fairly complete and dominant team right now. But other than that, you know, They've done fairly well against Kansas City. That's their primary competition. They just need to keep building toward that. This is, you know, kind of a big window for Buffalo. And I think this was just a move to say, we're going to give us the best chance we can this year. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think it's good from a football perspective. Again, I I still think a lot of the issues Buffalo's offense is having is due to the elbow injury. I mean, it's a significant injury to Josh Allen and and props to him playing through it. 
He's had his ups and downs, but like if you go look at what the receiving core has done, it's been just Stephon Diggs. Like Gabe Davis started off hot, was looking good. I mean, that dude's like struggling to get 40 yards a game here lately. I mean, Dawson Knox, and oh yeah, I believe he had the touchdown on Sunday. Now he's had moments, but his moments have been far and few between what we saw from him last year. I mean, I believe there was one point last year where he was gone like eight weeks scoring a touchdown. He's yeah. kind of disappeared as well. That running game doesn't look like they definitely look like a different team than what they were like last year. They were extremely dominant. And I would even say early on this year, they were dominant. I, I even think really that Miami game, it was more of just like how bad that heat was and like those players being so tired and, and what caused Buffalo to lose. But I thought they were a very good team then. I really think it's the elbow injury, but I, I don't, you know, I don't hate that they brought in Cole Beasley to help out Josh Allen. Cause one thing we can say is, they had great chemistry for a couple of years while he was there. He he was easily his checkdown guy. It's why Dawson Knox really wasn't blowing up. Um, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Like Cole Beasley won me a championship. I think two years ago it was because he had like a really great week 16 and 17 with the Bills. So I, I mean, I'm all for it to help out Josh Allen. They they definitely need to try and do something to make this offense look a little bit better and, and closer to what it was last season. And I think that's a little bit of it, too. We haven't seen Dawson Knox consistently getting involved in takeoff, and I don't really understand why that hasn't happened. I know he he had some injury and and stuff, but they probably are just looking for that. If we have to have a three-yard reception over yeah. the middle, we know this guy's going to do it. All right, next up, what is the future of Zach Wilson? What's going on, Justin? Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Mike White playing good. Jets likely, I mean, they could, I guess I shouldn't say they're likely to make the playoffs. They're in the thick of the playoff hunt, and there's a real shot that they have to make the playoffs. What, what do you view Zach Wilson's future as? I, I'll just put it this way, and you can answer both questions, but like realistically, if Mike White takes him to the playoffs, how then do you come in next year and say, hey, by the way, we're going back to Zach Wilson? Yeah, it's a real curious thing because they, they said they took Wilson out uh, so that he could rehab his image or whatever. Um, obviously, we're seeing it take a step forward because they've announced that he'll be elevated to number two, which I assume means that if Mike White is not able to go, Zach Wilson goes back in. The question, I think, is where does he stand with the locker room? Because that certainly seemed like the thing that, turned the tide against him 
uh, that was kind of the final straw. And we've seen this team seems pretty pumped about uh, Mike White. You know, they wear shirts and stuff that seem to show their appreciation for Mike White. And that's been kind of a fun thing to see. I think Mike White's played, gotten the passing game going. Um, You know, we've gotten to see more of it going. I think the Jets, the Jets and the Giants to me are two nice stories. I don't think either of them is going to end up making the playoffs, but this is going to be a long off season. Zach Wilson was a number two overall pick. Mike White was a fifth round pick by the Cowboys that has been bouncing around. If Zach Wilson's not going to be your starter, do you try to trade him? Do you kind of do the Sam Darnold route, try to send him somewhere? Do you, you know, what do you do? And if, if the Jets, you know, I I also don't think the Jets are probably a team that's going to get eliminated until the end of the season. So I don't know how you go back to Zach Wilson unless Mike White's too injured to go. And if Mike White ends the season and you think he's playing well, it's going to be a long off season. Yeah, I mean, the, the most telling part for me, and I know a lot of people have talked about it, is is the fact that their teammates are, like, wearing Mike White like t-shirts and everything. They never did anything like that for Zach Wilson. There, there seemed to not really be any, I don't want to say any, because I'm sure there was stuff last year, probably earlier this year that we just don't remember, but I don't remember it being as profound in the support of Zach Wilson as it has been for Mike White. And he's definitely kind of not helped himself in the media with the way he's answered some questions and, and the way that he has acted. I definitely don't think his NFL future is is done. I don't I don't think he's Josh Rosen. He's shown us more than than Josh Rosen showed us. But I really don't know what the Jets are gonna do. And I think it makes it only ten times more complicated if they end up making the playoffs. Cause like I think you could if you don't make the playoffs this year, I think you could easily go into training camp and say, Hey, it's you know, Zach Wilson's a great this offseason and, and it's gonna be a QB battle, quote unquote, between him and Mike Wright. And even if Mike Wright looks better, they could say, you know what, but he's showing us this and that in practice, and we're gonna go back to Zach Wilson, and nobody would bat an eye, right? Like it's not like Mike White was also like a first or second round picker. What was Kirk Cousins? Was Cousins a fourth round pick by Washington? Yep, he was a fourth round pick. Uh, it's not much different than a fifth round if we're being honest but regardless like I, I think there would there would be as much like controversy if they decided to go back to Zach Wilson but if Mike Wright takes him to the playoffs I'm gonna be very curious to see what they do because I don't know what they would get for Zach Wilson if they did trade him like yeah. would you be able to get a <clears throat> you might um if only because you know and you probably speak to this more than me I don't think the answers to all the quarterback problems and questions that we have in the league are coming out of the draft, and they certainly aren't coming all out of the free agent class. You even have teams like San Francisco who invested heavily in Trey Lance that are going into year three and don't know, you know, we assume Brock Purdy is going to lead them into the playoffs with the way that he's looked playing, you know, what is that? bring up for them as a team, you know, there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks that, you know, Carolina, one of the fascinating things about them playing themselves back into this playoff race is they've also played themselves out of a top five draft pick potentially 
and that is one team that, especially when they let go of their coach, their their big missing piece has been quarterback. How good are they going to feel about yeah. trading for a former first round? Who knows? But I mean, there's a lot of teams that probably need to do something. Tampa Bay, I still think probably wins their division. I'm not sure Brady comes back, and I'm not sure Kyle Trask is the answer. Also, not sure that there are any things that they love you know, in the free agent field. So I think there are teams that may be like, Hey, it's worth taking a shot, whether that's a first or a, or a second, you know, I think a second, depending on how the jets feel would still be a worthwhile gambit. Yeah, we will definitely see crazy fall for a guy who two years ago was the second overall pick. And there was all this hype for him about being this, this guy to turn the jets around. And and now two years later, we're talking about him possibly being traded for his second round pick. I would imagine if he's traded, it'll be like some kind of conditional pick like Carson Wentz. Like if he plays this much games or does this, it turns into a first or whatever. Another trade that didn't work out. Yeah. I'll be very curious to see if he actually does get traded. I think he'll eventually, they're, It'll work itself out to the point where he stays with the Jets, but if he does get traded, it'll it'll make things interesting. I mean, honestly, I think we're moving into an offseason where I would say there are more teams that have quarterback questions than have quarterback answers, which is because even there think are. about a team like the Cardinals. What if the Cardinals were sitting there like, we know we got Kyler Murray, but we also know we're kind of screwed for three months to start this season. Let's go. Yeah. Colt, Colt McCoy ain't it. Let's see if we can get – yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely agree with you on that. It's what makes this QB draft so interesting because even though I personally and a lot of other people have the same thoughts that this is not necessarily a great draft class, like wouldn't be surprised if you see some of these guys elevated into the first round because as you mentioned, there's, I mean, we're not even talking about just these teams like injuries and possible QBs leaving free agency. You got Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, who both might retire this year or Tom Brady might just leave Tampa Bay. Like, there's a lot of questions in the QB market right now. And, and as we know, without a QB, chances of you really kind of going on and winning a Super Bowl are limited. There is a team, however, that is trying to, I guess both these teams are really trying to at least make the playoffs and compete for a Super Bowl, not having starting quarterbacks at least to begin the season. Um, or San Francisco had theirs to begin the season. They unfortunately lost theirs. And Seattle, we didn't think had a starting quarterback. Turns out, They've got a pretty darn good one. Let's start out talking about the 49ers and this 49ers Seahawks game for Thursday Night Football. Brock Purdy is questionable, as is Christian McCaffrey, and Debo Samuel has been ruled out. We're expecting Brock Purdy to play. If he does, what do we expect from Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle, who are probably the best two options the 49ers have right now on offense? Yeah, and I think some of it depends a little bit on how Christian McCaffrey's feeling too, because obviously he's a big weapon in both uh, phases. But I, I like Ayuk. Um, you know, we've seen him have a connection with Purdy. He had a really beautiful touchdown reception on Sunday in that win, and I think he's poised to take a step up and be a focal point at receiver. I don't know what to make of Kittle. Um, I still think he's one of the best tight end options. If you have him, you're definitely playing him. But it hasn't been as dominant a season, no matter who the quarterback has been so far. Would really love to kind of see him get going. He, I'm sure he's ready to have a good game. But they still have three really good weapons in the passing game with McCaffrey, Ayuk, and Kittle, and I think those guys will help carry it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they've done a good job so far. Let's just hope McCaffrey is healthy. And if they do get a lead on Seattle, 
They don't have him out there carrying Jordan the ball Mason. up 30 yeah. points. Kyle, Jordan Mason. Pull him out. Remember the name. On Seattle's side here, it is just DJ Dallas uh, who is questionable. Do the Seahawks need this game to remain in the playoff race? Yeah, and for those of us who are entering fantasy playoffs, the best news is Ken Walker's not on the uh, injury report anymore, which should give you incredible confidence he comes back to play. Because let's be honest, the Travis Homer experiment in Week 14 uh, did not pan out. So I'm excited to have Walker back on the flip side one of the best defenses in the NFL. Ben, uh, they surpassed Denver being the most dominant uh, against scoring. And right now the Seahawks are struggling. Um, their defense is struggling. They they gave up 30 points to Sam Darnold and the Panthers at home last week. They're now 7-6 and six with the way we're seeing Detroit surge and what's going on with the Commanders and the Giants. That clear path to the playoffs just isn't there. They lose this game. They're seven and seven. They also welcome the Jets next week, which is another team that's you know playing for a playoff spot. And they have some other hard games down the stretch. I could see the Seahawks being another one of those teams that had a really nice start to the season, but doesn't quite have enough oomph to make it all the way to the playoffs. I think if the 49ers win this game, they've pretty well locked up the West, and the 49ers are going to be yeah. very motivated to win because they're close to being able to catch the Minnesota Vikings, who continue to put up some curious results. Yeah, I mean, so let's just – giving a breakdown of the NFC playoff picture here, it's four teams really competing for – I'm sorry, yeah, four teams competing for two spots. Yeah. Washington and the Giants right now hold the last two wild card spots – with Seattle and Detroit looking in, Seattle now is seven and six. Detroit six and seven. Obviously, Washington at seven and five, and the Giants at seven and five. I could honestly see the Giants fading out. The team I think actually might catch them. Lions is the Lions. Yeah, oh, I, I think the Lions are going in. They have good energy. They're surging at the right time. Right. I mean, so right now they get the Jets this weekend. It's an even pick them. They're not they're not favoring either side, which I think is a good thing for the Lions. And I think they can win. Now it is at it is at Actually, New York. When I looked at the line, it's minus point five for the Jets. Oh which now is it is mis- I'm lo- which I'm is a mistake. On, I'm looking on ESPN, it says even, but regardless, like that's yeah. that's practically a pick 'em. If it's anything less than three, it's a pick 'em. Yeah. Then they get the Panthers, Bears, Packers, and the bad part about that is only one of those games is at home. You'd like to have more of those games at home for the Lions, but they've been good on the road as well. Like, I'm with you. The Lions might actually end up jumping in. I think so. I, I've come around. I think it's Lions Commanders, which is weird to think because both those teams look like DOA in the beginning of October. The only reason I'm taking – well, I, I, I guess I should have pulled up Seattle's schedule. Do you have Seattle's schedule in front of you? Yeah. I've got it. Go I've got it. Oh, yeah, so theirs is tough. They got Seahawks this week, obviously, massive game. If they get that win, though, which I don't think they will, I'm picking the 49ers, I'll just say it right now. Yeah, so assuming so they much. lose to the 49ers, then they get the Chiefs, that is not an easy game. Oh, yeah, I forgot it was the Chiefs. I knew it was like I, – I looked at them like the next yeah. couple weeks. I was like – It's it's Chiefs, Jets, Rams. So I do believe the last two games are winnable for them, but if they lose these next two, I mean, you're sitting at you're, – you're at seven and eight now. So that's that's not pretty. So maybe it is going to be Washington because I was going to say the other team. I don't I don't know that Washington holds it because I think they have a tough schedule as well. Now they've got the tie 
which kind of helps you. It doesn't hurt you as much, but it, it kind of helps you. But they get Giants, who they tied with earlier this year. That could be a massive game because the loser of that, I think, is going to drop down. So then you've got all of a sudden, like, they have to win out. They get the 49ers next week. As you mentioned, 49ers still trying to get that two seed for a bye, especially with um, some injuries and then you don't possibly get a bye for back. the two seed. Oh, that's right. You don't. I forgot about that. Now. Well, regardless. But you the, still want the two yeah, seed. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you get the, the, the playoff. You get the whole games at home, at least until you end up playing Philadelphia, if you go all that. If you, you want to play a team like, say, the Commanders. The yeah. Well, that's the thing. So they, yeah, they get the Commanders. So I think that, and then they get the Browns Cowboys. Now the Browns is probably a winnable game. Deshaun Watson and, and that team is, has not looked good, but then the Cowboys like that could be a massive game for both. The the thing to me is the reason I just looking at these closing schedules for those four teams and the way that they're playing right now, it's not that I have faith that the commanders are going to win a bunch of games. I have faith that they probably win two of those games and that's enough to keep them because of that tie. I think they beat the giants and honestly, I think they probably pull off the win against Cleveland, but I don't think unless Dallas has nothing to play for, which is possible. Yeah. don't see them beating Dallas, and I, I'm with you. I don't see them beating the 49ers unless the 49ers suffer some kind of injuries. But you just – you never know. I think it's weird they reactivated Carson Wentz. It seems like they said they're still sticking with Taylor Heineke, but yeah, that, there's going to be some fun energy on that sideline too. Any of these teams has the capability of just imploding. But it, for me, it's the Giants looking at – I don't feel great about the Commanders. And then they're at the Vikings who – yeah, wins and they're at the Eagles to close the season. Maybe they beat the Colts, but I Giants, I feel like, have one win on their schedule. Maybe Seattle has two. Maybe Seattle only has one because that game against the Jets, the Jets have a pretty good defense, and the Jets are going to be fighting for a playoffs too. That's that's kind of a, an up and down. Chiefs are chasing the number one seed. It's these are not easy schedules. Detroit has pretty much the easiest of those four teams down the stretch. And the other one you can't rule out is the weird Carolina Panther energy that's going on. Yeah. So hang on. Am I, am I looking at this right? Washington played the giants two weeks ago. They had a bye last week. Yeah. They're playing the giants again. Yep. That's weird. Anyways. Yeah. That's I, right. People said the commanders have a huge advantage because the only thing they've had to think about for three weeks is the New York giants. Yeah, that that is fair. Uh, I mean, you gotta the Giants. I mean, they they made their own bet here. They started out seven and zero. They they had a chance to maybe not win the division because I think we can clearly say Philadelphia is. I I would argue probably the best team in the NFL right now. But if they had just won two of the games that they've lost, they'd be sitting pretty and be practically locked into a playoff spot at this point. Yeah, but I I think it's just a matter of. Uh, the teams that are surging. The other thing that hurts the Giants is one of their losses down the stretch here was to the Seahawks. So if they, yeah. you know, they have that weird tie, but if that they ended helps up, them though, like it could so help, it could also hurt you because if you know, what if they end yeah. up eight and one and the Seahawks have nine wins, nine and eight. So that's, yeah. the, that's what I'm looking at. Realistically, Seattle has to get to nine. Because there's they they won't get in if they get eight wins because the uh, both both uh, da- if Washington New York end up with the eight they have the tie so they'll have you beat there. 
Yeah, I think it's kind of a race to nine. To nine, win. yeah. It has to be. Um, to to assure your spot, which is an interesting place. It's still possible that we have like a, a NFC South division winner that doesn't have nine wins. Yeah. But for the wild card, I think in the AFC, you have to get to 10 at least. And then the NFC, it looks like you probably need to get to nine if you want to guarantee your spot. So I'll say I do think that the NFC South team will have nine wins. Yeah, it, just, think, it just depends on... Oh, no. Atlanta's running the table, and they're getting it with Desmond Ritter. I'm just saying it right oh. now. We'll talk more about that on Friday, but they're going to do oh. it. Oh, boy. I mean, that schedule's not that tough. No, none of their... Saints, Ravens they... without Lamar, and possibly... Well, Tyler Huntley will probably and be back And that's the thing that about point. Tampa Bay. You, you'd like to believe in them, but down the stretch, they play almost... Yeah. They play a ton of division games. So Carolina and Atlanta it's, are one game out. Think, They're not out of it. I think it's the division will come down to that final game, Atlanta versus Tampa Bay. I think the winner gets in would be my bet on the, in that game. Because, I mean, so the Ravens – I mean, don't get me wrong. Ravens are a good team. Without Lamar, though, they're not elite game-changing. I think anybody can beat them. Cardinals, I don't know what the Cardinals are going to be at this point, but I feel like that's a game the Falcons should win. So if they pull off those three games, you're sitting at it's a battle for the division against Tampa Bay. And I'm taking my guy Desmond Ritter to pull it off, baby. I'm just saying, I'm, call, I'm calling it now, December 14th, when they make the playoffs because they go 4-0 behind Desmond Ritter. And uh, Drake London, since unfortunately Kyle Pitts ain't playing anymore. But yeah, I mean, they, let's think about it. Bengals, they probably – they realistically could lose. They could win that game, but Buccaneers probably lose. Probably beat the Cardinals, and then it comes down to, as you mentioned, the Panthers and then the Falcons. Like that, Those are massive games for the Buccaneers. All right, anyway, we're getting like way off track here. We can talk more about that another time. I, As I already mentioned, I believe you did, so we're both taking the 49ers to beat the Seahawks tomorrow night. Did Dennis give us his – Dennis pick? believes in the Seahawks. Good for him. I'm not just making that up. He really did pick this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just pulled it up. Just go look. All right. So that will do it, though, for <laughs> us. Today. Might be throwing them. Oh, uh, you know, I didn't know. I was like, let me just double check, uh, make sure everything, you know, on the up and up here. Uh, we will be back on Friday to recap the Thursday night football game and preview all of week 15 as we kick off the first week of the playoffs. Hopefully, you all got buys. I got screwed out of a couple of mine. So I'm going to be sweating out a bunch of the lineups this week. But looking forward to it as the season is coming to an end. Matt, thank you so much. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head.